Hello all, and welcome back to 3 Got Game Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I have G and Matt on my remote. How you guys doing today? Matt, how you got? How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm still burnt from the 4th of July, but it was fun, and I'm happy to be back here with you guys. You have a good weekend, Matt? I did. How about you, G? How was your weekend? Good weekend. Uh, enjoyed the long weekend. Uh, minus this terrible sunburn I got. It's got me kind of itching a little bit, but, you know, we'll we'll power through. Otherwise, doing well, man. Yeah, it's good to hear. Same here. Uh, actually, it was a really good weekend. I didn't get sunburned, so that's Lucky good you. to hear. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, went to the lake up in New Milford and uh, enjoyed a nice Sunday up there. And I got plastered on Sunday, Saturday <laughs> night. Plastered. Like, oh. uh Fun times, fun times. Oh boy, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get let's hop right into it. All right, we got um, the conference finals. You know, let's, let's talk about those those games right there. Um, we'll start with the uh, Bucks and the Hawks. Guys, your thoughts on this series? How it went? How it played out? I know we had Giannis out and Trey Young out. It was definitely a we weren't expecting that, and. Um, but the Bucks won the last final two games. Was that what you guys saw, or did you see something going the the other way? Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah, so obviously the injuries turned the series around a whole lot. And I thought when Trey Young went out, I think he went out in game <laughs> five. He went out in game five in the third quarter when he stepped on the ref's ankle. Or game think- four, sorry. And, uh, four, yeah. and yeah, I thought... I thought it was over for the Hawks then. Um, I didn't think the Hawks were going to be able to facilitate. We're going to be able to facilitate on offense. We'd be able to get good offense going, like run plays and all that. But um, but then in game five, Giannis had some had a freak injury where he just landed on his knee awkwardly, and and that just shifted the whole momentum to the Atlanta Hawks because. Because they went on after that in game five, they went on like a 20 to nothing run and pretty much put the game away there. And, and I thought, I thought once uh, both Trey and uh, Giannis got hurt, I thought the Hawks had the upper hand because, because I did not think the Bucks could do anything without uh, Giannis, especially in the playoffs. Because I didn't think Milton would, I mean, as good as Milton's been at home, like he's really struggled on the road. And Drew Holiday, obviously, he has not shot well the entire series. And they both needed to step up in Giannis's place if they wanted any chance to to win. And um, and now obviously, in game six, like Middleton stepped up big time and scored on the road on the road and scored um scored a lot. I can't remember the exact numbers, but he he just had a quarter had a fourth quarter where he went off. And then, uh, obviously, the guy who replaced uh, Giannis, Bobby Portis, like, he came up huge. Like, he might have not scored, like, Giannis numbers, but like he scored – he, like, averaged double digits and played hard on defense and rebounded extremely well. Like, he he had that same energy, had that same motor Giannis would have in games. And, um, and was I surprised? I was. I did not think the Bucks would have pulled it off against the Hawks, especially without Giannis. But 
Yeah, I give it to him. They stepped up big time. And obviously, Trey Young did come back in game seven, but he was not as effective as as he used or in game six, and he was not as effective as he usually is. But, but you know what? At this point of the season, like, there's no excuses because Giannis didn't play, and he had to find other ways to win, and he did not shoot well and could not could not get people involved. And it's just unfortunate that uh, that the Hawks had to go out that way. But, but especially this year, like, injuries play a big factor, and – and right now, like the two teams are in the finals, the Suns and Bucks, somewhat the Bucks, like they've been the healthiest the entire season. No, yeah, it's true, definitely. Uh, Matt, I mean, G, your uh, thoughts on this uh, series? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Uh, quick, quick question. Um, it was actually Game Three in the third quarter where Trey Young got hurt. Just throw, just throw. Oh, it's game three. Okay. Yeah. Game three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, third quarter. Three, okay. And then the Hawks, he game four. Yeah. 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 Game four. Okay. Yeah. 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 But same thing. Basically, the Hawks came back game four, you know, rallied one, and then the Bucks took over. Um, I mean, to touch up a little bit what you said at the end, Matt. Um, it's been a war of attrition in these playoffs. A lot of injuries. You hate to see it. Um, these playoffs have been fun to watch so far, but I can't help but think it'd be even more fun if most of the stars were healthy, but, you know, we still seen some good basketball. Um, I didn't think um, the Bucks were going to pull it off without Giannis until I kind of realized a little bit more how significant how significant, <laughs> significant Trey Young's injury was. Um, you know, I thought maybe it'd be like a kind of game thing, but you know, uh, credit credit to Atlanta, one, for doing what they did game four. I remember us being on a podcast a couple episodes ago, and none of us thought they were going to win without Trey Young when he was announced out. And they beat the brakes off him. And people can say it was because Giannis got hurt. They were, by, they were up by 10 when Giannis was there. So, like, they were in control of that game. It wasn't like Giannis left and all of a sudden Atlanta just went on this run. No, no. Atlanta was dominating. So, you know, I'll give them credit there. There's always that um, – there's a coach's fear, a team's fear of a, a team that's playing up against it. And, you know, sometimes when you're – it's like a boxing analogy. When you're in the ring and you're trying to put somebody down, use your challenger might have one last big flurry, one last swing left before they're spent. Game four was Atlanta's, like, you know, their flurry, their, like, last stand. And then, you know, afterwards, the Bucks promptly took control and recovered, even without Giannis. Um, credit to Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, who dominated the paint for the rest of the series, was dunking and doing everything. I didn't even think Brooke had that in him anymore. He literally did what Giannis would do. He got inside, used his size, used his girth, and was dunking and getting easy buckets after easy buckets in the paint. Dude bald. Matt, you mentioned Bobby Portis. You know, he was aggressive. He filled that scoring void. When a superstar leaves, you can't expect one person to, you know, replicate that. It's got to be like a bunch of guys, a collective group to fill that void. You know, Bobby Portis and Brooks stepping up. Those were the guys that kind of like closed that gap a little bit with Giannis being hurt. Um Trey Young came back, gave it a go. Obviously, uh, it was tough. 
you know, he didn't play well. I think he was about four for 17. Um, you know, he wasn't healthy, but my model usually is, you know, if you're on the court, you're healthy enough to play. It's unfortunate, you know, I'll give him credit for going out there, even though he didn't uh, look that great. Um, but I'll tell you, man, Atlanta, you know, they got a good future. You know, they just re-signed Nate McMillan. I think they're in talks. They're finalizing that deal. Dude's a good coach. I know. Loved him in Seattle. He was great for us when we were there. Um, and, you know, in Milwaukee, they uh, they deserved it. You know, without Giannis, they stepped it up and they did what they had to do. Uh, credit to Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, who was tremendous both ends of the floor, guarding everybody. Got to give credit. Yeah. And no, G- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, sorry to interrupt. But, geez, you go on top of what you said about the Hawks being being a young team and everything. I think uh, they can be a great team. But uh, the only thing is, John Collins is going to be a free agent next year and he's going to get big money from a lot of teams. That. So it's like that. That would be my only thing. Like, if John Collins comes back, I think Hawks can be contenders, obviously. But if he doesn't, I mean, I still yeah. think they'll be good. But, We'll see if they can be contenders with them because he went off in the playoffs. Yeah, no, for sure. I hear that. Got to keep that young core together. I think if they want to grow, got to let them grow together. Agreed. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Atlanta does look like a very good team and have a very bright future. Uh, but I saw, I saw the games. I saw the highlights. I just thought that the Bucks were just a well overall better team, well coached, and they just played well together. Uh, and that's why they're the number three seed in the playoffs. And that's why they were, uh, that's why I thought that they, I thought they had the best meld in the NBA uh, in terms of like players uh, melding together. I saw Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. They just played so well together uh, in game five and six. It was like, like it wasn't like they needed Giannis there, but like, you know, with Trey Young out, it was kind of, uh, uneasy to see. I know Trey Young was 0 for 6 from three point land in the game six, so that was tough. Uh, but I think it's just it comes down to coaching too. Uh, that you also need support from other players to actually win a game. You can't always depend on your star players uh, to lift them out of the ash and, and rise to the greatness. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting that Milwaukee has finally made it to the NBA Finals. And hopefully Giannis comes back and is healthy and, and we see an interesting finals. Uh, moving on to the other side of the conference finals, the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, right before we ended our podcast, it was uh, game 6-2 where uh, I predicted that the Suns were, were going to win. And these two guys thought that it was going to go to a game 7. And look who yep. was right. <laughs> yep. You got to say Yes, All right, Matt. Uh, to uh, be, we'll fair, to be fair, real quick, I prefaced my prediction saying I have <laughs> no idea what's going to happen. I was not confident whatsoever. Yeah. You can check the tape. I said I have no clue. I'm going to yeah. go Clippers in seven, but I was like, God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I, was, I was the exact opposite, so <laughs> I was so confident that this was going to go the distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, we'll start with you. What was your thoughts on this? This series, Phoenix winning it. I got to give a whole lot of credit to Chris Paul. I mean, he missed the first two games because of COVID. And he came back and struggled the next three games. Like, he did not shoot well. Like, 
he he just didn't look right. Like he couldn't handle the ball. Like he was getting stripped from Demarcus Cousins. So <laughs> like he just did not look sharp at all. But when when push comes to shove in Game Six, he looked like vintage Chris Paul, and he had forty one points, eight assists, like made everything he shot in the fourth in the second half. He was just unbelievable. And I got to give big shout out to the Suns as a team. Like despite Booker struggling for most of his series and Chris Paul, like not <clears throat> playing the first two games and then struggling the next three and games, uh, three, four and five, like they still found a way to found a way to win uh, most of those games. So I got to give a shout out to the Suns. Like they just know how to win. And I got to also give a big shout-out to DeAndre Ayton. Like, he looks like he's he's coming. Like, like he said, he's, I think he's going to be the next great big guy. Like, he'll be up there with, like, Joel Embiid and, and all those guys that contending for the best centers in the league. <clears throat> so, so, was I surprised the Suns won the series? Well, I did predict the Suns would win five, but I also – Got to point out that Kawhi Leonard didn't play at all this series, and I think that showed, especially in all their losses, because when they need a guy to get buckets, like he's their guy to do it. Like he's that superstar that'll get you buckets when you need it the most. And especially in Game Six when Chris Paul was going off, like the Clippers needed to to fight back, and they just didn't have that guy who could score whenever he wanted to. So. I think that's where they really miss Kawhi. And I'm actually really interested to see what happens with Kawhi because he can he has player options, so so he can opt out of his uh his contract and I don't know, like is he gonna stay in LA or is he maybe gonna go to Golden State or Miami? So like this this is gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Clippers this offseason, but but I got I gotta give big props to the Suns and Chris Paul like they played really well, especially when it was needed the most. And, like, I'm excited to see what they do in the finals. Yeah, it definitely should be interesting. Um, I'll go ahead. But uh, I just saw the Suns in that last game. I just saw the highlights of that game. But, man, Chris Paul was going off. I mean, even though he had 10 points in the first half, he had 31 in the second half. Man, he was just – Taking shots and he was just making them, even off balance shots, anything. Um, he distributed the ball very well. He just looked like a veteran out in the court, like how it should be. Um, it was really nice to see. And yeah, the Suns are very coached, very coached well. Uh, you could see it with all their other players. Uh, Booker looked great too. Um, but yeah, like you said, Matt, um, Kawhi not being there, it definitely hurt him. Um, I, they did have that surge like towards the end, but it wasn't enough. If you can have Kawhi in there, I mean, it would be a whole different series, whole different series. Uh, but it was still exciting to see no matter what. I mean, both these uh, conference finals were uh, awesome to see. Uh, even though we saw, you know, our stars go down or the big stars go down, it was still good basketball played. I saw good basketball played. Uh, gee, what's your take on this series? Uh, great series. I mean, you want to talk about drama, this series had it because you just never knew what to expect. You know, like the last episode where I was dumbfounded and prefaced my prediction saying I have no idea what's going to happen because I literally had no idea. I mean, you don't know. I mean, Chris Paul, game six. I mean, that is just a masterpiece. I mean, 
41. That's probably his best game he's ever played as a pro. On the road, game six, closeout game, conference finals to go to the finals. He puts up 41 points. And like you mentioned, Ryan, the way he did it, he controlled the game the entire way. He never, you never felt like he lost a grip on the game as the point guard or and the Suns, which in turn, the Suns as a team never really felt like they, the game was out of hand to them, even when the Clippers were coming back a little bit, making their spurts. But, I mean, incredible. You know, Paul George, I'll give him credit too. I know he struggled game six, but he had some big games to keep the minute. You know, the Clippers grew as a team. Some of the young guys, like, you know, Tyler Mann showing out in the playoffs a bit. Um, Reggie Jackson playing like an all-star. I mean, a dude, I mean, that dude is going to get the bag <laughs> if, if whenever he – comes up again. I don't, I think it's free agency. Yeah, soon he's free agent this year. Yeah, he's like he gonna, got he got veteran minimum uh this past year. He's so gonna now, get he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid, yeah. Played like a star, you know, Marcus Morris had timely shots. Paul George, you know, I joked a little bit when we talked about, you know, his superstar label. The dude proved it. He's a gamer. You know, I never Denied his talent. I never said he was an all-star caliber player, but to me, like all-stars and superstars are different tiers. And, you know, he, when he needed to do it, he performed. So I'm going to give him credit. I'm not going to bash him for, you know, struggling game six. I just think he was gassed, you know, being with Kawhi there, he wasn't used to, you know, carrying the load all year. You know, it seemed like he was a little bit gassed. Um, Chris Paul, not much to say. I mean, I kind of mentioned it. I mean, that game, he just – it was an absolute masterclass from Chris Paul. And I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, the guy deserves it. You know, he's putting a lot of time in this league. You know, people might try to discredit it because of injuries. I don't care. You know, a lot of years, guys, you know, in every sport, there's going to be luck sometimes involved in championships. I mean, like we can look no further than our sports teams. I mean, Matt, you know, the Patriots won – um, Super Bowl off of, you know. Yeah, Malcolm Butler interception. Malcolm yeah. Butler interception, you know, or um, whatchamacallit. They the lost Adam one. The Adam, not, yeah, that helmet catch, they lost one because of a helmet catch, you know, to the yeah. Giants. The Packers, We our Super Bowl run, if Deshaun Jackson doesn't house a punt return, I'm not sure we even make the playoffs that year against the Giants. We get in and we go on a run. Championship teams, you know, there's going to be some luck involved. So people saying that, oh, you know, he, you know, he didn't have to go through the gauntlet. Shut up. Shut up, okay? You play who's in front of you. You do what you got to do. And the Suns did what they had to do. A lot of times it's a war of attrition. This year it was. And the Suns are the healthiest team standing. They played the best basketball. And, you know, not just Chris Paul, but, you know, Cameron Payne stepped it up when he was out. Played unbelievable basketball. You guys mentioned Aiden. The dude is a stud, you know, he was kind of the afterthought, like, oh, my God, look, the Suns, they took him number one. You got Trey Young and Luca. Look how stupid they look. It's not looking that way. I mean, obviously, those guys might be considered better and more talented, but Aiton is a great player in his own right, and he's showing that. So, you know, we got to give him some credit. He had some big games, especially when others struggled. He stepped it up. You know, Devin Booker, I know he struggled the series. Dude's still a great player. Um, there were so many unbelievable plays this series, but I'll say I'm the happiest for Chris Paul and, you know, I'm rooting for him, man. I want to see him win a chip. You know, I know we want to remain neutral sometimes, but I'm rooting for him and I hope it happens. 
No, yeah, and uh, just to mention about both these teams for the finals, I mean, they both know how to win the road. You saw the Suns end it in Clippers uh, in Game 6, and you saw the Bucks beat them in Atlanta in Game 6. So it should be a great series. And let's talk about that, our predictions for the finals. Uh, Suns-Bucks, um, I'm guessing that the Suns are favorite to uh, win the series, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's let's throw a prediction out there, Matt. We'll start with you. What's your prediction for this series? I believe the Suns will win in six. Um, I think they match up with the Bucks, even with the healthy Giannis, extremely well. Like they have the they have the personnel, especially on defense, because because obviously you got Aiden playing the protecting the rim and being able to guard outside on Brook Lopez. And then I don't know if you guys remember uh, Jay Crowder defending Giannis last year. Like he defended him pretty well, and he's he's back. So obviously, I think Giannis is is a little better than he was last year. But I still think Crowder is one of those defenders that will give him a very hard time. So watch out for that. And then obviously you got Mikel Bridges, who's an elite defender at six eight seven two wingspan, and I think he's going to give uh, Chris Middleton a hard time. So, so I think the key to this series is going to be the Suns' defense, and obviously, obviously, like the Suns have been playing extremely well, especially coming off of Game Six. Like it just seems like they have all the momentum going, and uh, I think uh, Booker will bounce back. Like he's going to go back to his normal twenty-five to thirty points a game on efficient shooting, and then uh, Chris Paul. I think. I think the reason why he struggled the three games he was back is I think he was still recovering from COVID. Yeah. And then obviously he went he went berserk in game six, so he has all the momentum going. And then obviously both teams are very deep. Suns with Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, and then uh the Bucks, they got Bobby Portis, depending on the honest, like they got Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Um Pat Connaughton, who's who's a great two way player, like plays extremely hard. So this is going to be an interesting series. I think the Suns are better coached. I trust Monty Williams more than Mike Budenholzer, although Budenholzer has proven me wrong in the playoffs so far. But right now, I got to give the coach an advantage to Monty Williams. But, but like this is going to be an interesting series, and I can't see wait to see it. Yeah, definitely should be interesting. Uh, G, your uh, take on this uh, upcoming series. Yeah. Also, Matt, real quick, uh, Chris Paul, I also think he hurt his hand early in the series, and I think that also with the COVID and him hurting his hand, he's definitely feeling a little yeah, healthier. Yeah, and he did he did point that out. Like, he was getting used to shooting again with the, yeah. with the whatever. I don't know if it's broken or not. Like, no, I don't something. think it was broken, but just, you know, it was just, you know, he had an injury that definitely seems like he's getting his way back from. Um, this is tough for me because I feel like I don't know – to me, a lot of it depends on Giannis. I mean, listen, I my I have two predictions basically. If Giannis is healthy, I have the Bucks in seven, but I don't think he's healthy, so I'm going to go with the Suns in six. I heard he's going to give it a go tonight. He was doubtful. I know he's been on the floor trying to push it. Matter of fact, I bet if one of us looks right now, we could probably find out if he is playing tonight. But. I have uh, the Suns and six. Um, I'm, I agree with the coaching. Actually, he was upgraded to questionable, guys. And he is starting mm. tonight. Giannis is playing tonight. Wow. As of um, Milwaukee Bucks Twitter 15 minutes ago, he's a go and he's playing tonight. 
Um, I'm going to stick with the Suns in six because I'm not sure um, how healthy Giannis is. But I'm going to try to reserve the right to change my opinion. If I watch him tonight and he's an absolute beast, I'm going to go with my Milwaukee in seven pick. But I don't think he's going to be full go. I think uh, the Suns' depth without Giannis being fully healthy is going to be a little bit too much to overcome. I know the Bucks have players like you mentioned, Matt. You got guys on the bench like Connaughton. Great two-way player, you know, Middleton, Drew Holiday have stepped it up, Brooke Lopez, um, P.J. Tucker. They got guys that can play um, bench for bench. They match up pretty well, but I think um, the Suns have a little bit more star power without Giannis being healthy between Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiton thrusting his his name into the star player kind of role, you know, and then you got guys like Jay Crowder, Matt, which is a great point. He defend, defended Giannis well, and he could be the X factor of the series if he can kind of neutral. Not he, you can't truly shut a superstar down, honestly, in my opinion. You can just only slow them down. If you if Jay Crowder slows them down, because you really can't. Sh- great players can't be shut down. You can just throw them off their game enough that they're not as efficient. They're not as good as they would be. If Crowder can do that and make Giannis have to work, like Giannis, if Giannis still gets his thirty points, but he has to take twenty three shots to do it then that's a win for Crowder. If he gets his 30 points shooting like 15 shots, you know, 15 to 17 shots, it's not great. So if he could slow him down, which I think he could, especially him being limited, and Chris Paul's hungry, dude's here. I think he's going to play his best basketball. I think, Matt, you're right. Devin Booker's going to be um, back to his old self. I don't think he's going to struggle as much. I think Aiton's going to, you know, defend well in the paint. He's going to grab boards. He's going to score. He's going to be himself, he's going to do well. And I think the others are going to step up too. I think Cameron Payne and those guys, you know, Crowder, he's, I think he's going to be going to contribute offensively a little bit. I think that um, these guys are going to step up and I think it'll propel the Suns to win in six. I'm going to go Phoenix in six with my finals MVP being Devin Booker. Oh, all right. I like that. Uh, yeah, you guys said it all. I mean, I don't have to repeat what you guys said. Uh, I'll just throw out my predictions out, and we'll hop in the next subject. I think, oof, it's gonna be a good, a good series. I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm definitely uh, excited to watch the highlights. As as I, I know, I I can't really watch any games. I don't have much streaming ser- services to watch the games, but I will. Uh, I'll watch them uh, uh, later on the next day. But I think um, things gonna come down the wire. Suns and seven. Uh, it's gonna be a close one. Hopefully, uh, Giannis. Uh, it gets healthier as the series goes on because we we just want to see a really good series. Um, and just to point out, uh, we're not seeing the same guys in the NBA Finals in uh, like the last few years. It's good to see something different. I always like to see something yeah. different. Agreed. Uh, so it should be it should be really fun. I hope everyone enjoys this. All right, moving on. Um, Matt, some news from the Patriots. Nikhil Harry. Um, it is what requesting a trade from the Patriots, right? Yes, his agent uh, uh, put out a statement this morning. Yeah, what do you think about that? What's your thoughts? My thoughts on that. Um, I'm not surprised to be honest. Like you heard stories last uh this past season actually about about Nikhil Harry's agent talking about like how he's not getting the ball enough because Cam Newton is his quarterback which I think is ludicrous in of itself. But uh, I just want to point out with Nikhil Harry, 
Bill Belichick drafted him in the first round. That's the first wide receiver he's ever drafted in the first round in his entire coaching tenure in New England. Is that really true? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the first. Uh, that's the first guy Bill Belichick drafted while he was coaching Patriots ever. Oh, okay, wow, that's a new fact I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> and then I just also like to point out he drafted Nikhil Harry over Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Oof. DK Metcalf. No. Yep. Stop. Uh, who else man. is there? Um, oh, that's enough, man. You don't yeah. have to say anything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of guys I would rather have than Nikhil Harry that was drafted that year. But um, but yeah, through the two years he was on the Patriots, he's had 45 receptions, 414 yards, and four touchdowns. And then uh, yeah, so obviously those numbers in of itself is not that great. And then and this coming year, like I think he's kind of upset how. Uh, far back in the depth chart he is because obviously they signed uh, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar to be the one-two receivers and then Jacoby Myers who's who I think is going to be very good an undrafted receiver who was drafted the same or who who came in as a rookie the same year as Nikhil Harry and has outperformed him so far had more had more yards last year at over 700 yards than Nikhil Harry did in his first two years with the Patriots so, and then obviously you got the two tight ends and Johnny Smith and and uh, Hunch Henry. So it's going to be tough for Nikhil Harry to to get looks this coming year, and especially with Cam Newton at quarterback, who has a hard time throwing the ball to begin with. He's probably not going to get too many looks. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate. I kind of saw it coming, but but I was hoping they would do this more in a private setting instead of going so public with it. I thought when he first got drafted, I thought he was going to be like a Des Bryant, Mike Evans type player, just a big receiver who can win all the jump balls. But unfortunately, like he, it's not that great of a route running. He's not like shifty, like, like Mike, like uh, Evans and Bryant are. So, so like good riddance, Nikhil Harry. Uh, thank you for your time with the Patriots and uh, good luck with, <laughs> Whatever team you go to, who's gonna probably trade trade you for a seventh round pick? I don't even. Okay, first off, I don't even want to spend any time on this topic. I don't even know why we're doing this, but you know, <laughs> let me just entertain this real quick. Uh, first off, Matt mentioned, oh, he struggled with Cam Newton, man. I'm pretty sure that he struggled with the goat when he was on the field too. I think. Oh this yeah, is a, he was. I, yeah, I think this is a you problem to kill Harry. I mean, we all know Cam has, Cam has his struggles. I saw some of the training camp videos. I'm Cam's biggest advocate. But uh, if you haven't seen some of the videos, uh, avert your eyes, guys. Cam's not looking great. Sorry, Matt. But regardless, Nikhil Harry, stop it. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. You didn't play well with Tom. You were hurt even when you played. You didn't play well with Tom. You were dropping passes, missing routes. You didn't play well with Cam. You want a fresh start? Go ahead. Do your thing. I, I don't understand. why. Off topic, Matt. What is with Bill Belichick not being able to draft top end receivers, but he somehow unearths undrafted free agents that end up well? Jacoby Myers, like really, dude, balled last year. I don't even know who the heck he was, man. Yeah, but like, but he drafts, but he can't draft for worth of you know what in the first like two three rounds. You you should literally get a guy, a guy, Matt, to draft the first three rounds of the draft. And let Bill take like rounds four through undrafted because that's what he's best at finding those guys to play a system and let somebody else do the top end talent. And the Patriots would or, be great. 
instead well, of that, instead of that, why don't you just trade all your first round and third round picks and then get all the late round picks and get more picks? Why not? At this point, because that's all Bill can't draft top and quote unquote talent to save his life. He knows how to find those uncovered guys, but whatever. Back well, to and Harry. I, and I and to point out what you said, like I heard or I read an article where it said uh, there are scouts telling Bill that they don't think Nikhil Harry's going to be that great. Like there are a bunch of scouts saying get. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown instead. But Bill hmm. just refused to listen and say, I'm going to do it my own way and draft this guy because I like what I see from him. So, I mean, Bill. he did. Bill, oh, Bill. You're, you're probably never going to hear this. You're the GOAT coach, but please do what I said. Let, <laughs> let the first Give the first three rounds to somebody else and you take the later rounds and call it a day. I talk more about that than Nikhil Harry because that's how little I care about Nikhil Harry. No disrespect. Sorry, buddy. But, you know, you're gone whether you're here or not. Go prove us wrong and go ball, but otherwise, I don't care. Next topic, Ryan. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wish the best for Nikhil Harry. Hope he gets a nice fresh start. Good I wish, luck. I wish any player the best, you know, uh, the best so that they can have a, a great career. Uh, but moving on, uh, top 10 NFL coaches. Um, we came up with this. Um, Matt, you came up with this, right? No, G did. Oh, G, you did. So yeah. why don't you explain uh, – what the top 10 coaches of the NFL are right now. Well, CBS sports came with an article. Um, oh yeah. By the way, I've worked at uh, CBS. So, Oh, do you so, yeah, like, yeah. No. <laughs> well, you know, um, that, 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 work, that works, I guess. So yeah, be careful yeah. what you say guys. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, um, for this, I think the, uh, order was Andy Reed one, Bill Belichick two. Harbaugh, three, Peyton, McDermott, round out the top five, then six through ten was McVeigh, Carroll, Bruce Arians, LaFleur, and Tomlin. Um, Tomlin's too low. Let's just get that out the way right now. I think it's ludicrous that he's 10th. He's never had a losing season. We watched this guy have recycled quarterbacks without Big Ben last year, take his team to an 88 record. He has yet to have a losing season since he's taken over for the Steelers. And uh, what year was that? I think 2006, if I'm not mistaken. He's been there. I was no, it was 2007, 2008, 2008. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, hold on, let me pull that up real quick. Mike All Tomlin. Right. Let's yeah. see. Let me let me see that real quick. Mike Tomlin was the coach of the Steelers. Yeah, and gee, like you even point this out. This yeah. is the one that upsets me the most. Kyle Shanahan at 11. He's 11th? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's 11. Wow. Oh, my goodness. The guy literally made Matt Ryan the MVP and then led Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't throw for his life, to a Super Bowl. He made me think Matt Ryan was a Hall of Famer. And, like, you know, he is. But, like, I'm talking about, like, a legend. He made me think, like, Matt Ryan was, like, you know, Peyton Manning. That's how great. But Matt Ryan is a fine quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a great quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback. But he made me feel like he was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees for that for the years he was there. Kyle Sanahan being 11th is absolutely insane. I didn't even know that, man. I just saw the top 10, him being 11th. Yeah. Actually, I have a problem with him not being in the top five. I mean, dude, I watched him in 2018. You, know, you guys know who C.J. Bathard is? Beth, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you think most of the world knows who C.J. Bathard is? Nope. nope. All right. Well, this dude came into Lambeau with Kyle Shannon and threw for like 350 and like four putties and was like outplaying Aaron Rodgers until the 
we want a nail biter at the end or miracle. This guy had CJ Bathard torching our defense because his schemes are so great. I mean, come on. And just say about CJ Pathard, he didn't come from a passing school. They didn't pass. They went. He went to Iowa. They ran the ball most of the time. So to throw three fifty, you know, like you said, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. And Shanahan, he just gets the most out of his players. He's being punished for his team being injured for these past couple of years. I mean, you can't help that your entire starting defense and your quarterback and half your offense is gone because of injury. I mean, it is what it is. I thought he did an amazing job with what he had left. Uh, but Mike Tomlin being 10th, absurd. I would vault those two both to the top five. I'm okay with Reed being one and Belichick being two. I know it's kind of surprising. Um, Bill, I think he's the GOAT coach. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think Andy Reed has got something special. Maybe I'm a little biased because – you know, Mahomes is making him look good a little bit, but, you know, he's a really innovative coach. I'm not too upset about that, but I wouldn't move those two in the top five. And then the rest of the list, I mean, you know, McVay, guys, you might be surprised. I'm starting to sour a little bit on McVay. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's his shine is being a little lost a little bit. Um, Bruce Arians, Matt LaFleur, bottom half of the top ten. I mean, I don't even know if I'd put either one of them in my top ten list. But I guess it's okay. But, hey, when you have Hall of Fame all-time great quarterbacks, you know, your coaches are going to look good. So, you know, Bruce Arians, nobody talked about before Brady went there. Matt LaFleur led the Titans offense to 27th in the league. They got better when he left (laughs) and he comes to Green Bay. So, I mean, I'm sure they're good coaches. I think they're good coaches. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of it's product of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But, you know, I don't have too much gripes, I guess. Move those, move Shanahan and Tomlin to top five. And everything else, I guess, is okay for me. That is true. Uh, Matt, how about you? What's your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, my biggest uh, concern is Kyle Shanahan being 11th. Like, obviously, I pointed it out. Like, absurd. What he did with Matt Ryan and then leading the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and making him look good. So (laughs) he definitely. Definitely needs to be a top five, top five coach. I would probably kick. I mean, I seen the list: Reed, Belichick, Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and Sean McDermott. I would either kick out John Harbaugh or Sean McDermott off the top five and put put out Kyle Shanahan there. And then, um, and then, yeah, gee, like you pointed out, I think both Bruce Arians and Matt Lafleur were a product of having great quarterbacks being and being. And having those quarterbacks being like the second coach, especially on the offensive end. Yeah. So, so like I think if there's a guy outside of top ten other than Shanahan that should probably replace one of those two, I would say Mike Vrabel as well. Either him or uh, oh yeah, or, uh, Kevin Stefanski too. Like also, oh, like also one of those two. Also Brian Flores. I like what he's doing with the Dolphins. Oh, too. and Brian Flores. He's, he's a great coach. Yeah. So. Like I, I over, I actually don't mind the list overall. I just think the whole Kyle Shane thing is ludicrous. Um, I think from what you point out, Sean McVeigh, we'll see what happens with him when he has Stafford, a a good quarterback. So, MVP season coming up for Stafford. MVP like season. I'm telling you right now. I mean, July we'll see. Si- July six. 
Ryan, you're shaking your head, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the, some, I mean, these are the coaches entering 2021. I mean, yeah, we can go off history and blah, 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 blah. But you have to go off, like, what they've been doing, like, mostly recently, I guess. Um, gosh. Well, my thing, uh, Ryan. I, go is, ahead. That's fine. No, like, my thing, Ryan, with what you're saying, like, I get it's it's probably going into 2021 season. Then why is Bill Belichick number two? Like, he just – his team was well, seventy-nine exactly. last year, so. Well, exactly. Why is he? Why is he number two? Is it because he's based off his yeah that's, Super Bowl history? Yeah, and Tom that's my, Brady. Yeah, that's well, my exactly. question. Then that's my guess question. Guess what? Yeah. CBS is wrong. They suck at this. Well, wait, what would you do with Bill Belichick? You gonna kick him off the top ten? No, he's number four for me. I keep him in the top five, but he's number four. All right. Okay. As long as you do I that. Put, I put Sean McDermott number two. Uh, Sean I think McDermott. He's, I think he did an excellent job with Josh Allen. And the Buffalo Bills and where they brought them to, uh, they competed with the the Super Bowl champs last year, and they have another chance of going to the Super Bowl. Uh, then I'll put um, John Harbaugh at number three. I think he's done an excellent job over his recent years with Baltimore. Even though, uh, you know, going going from a pocket pass quarterback with Joe Flacco to now uh, switching over to Lamar Jackson, who is a uh, read option, he'll run the ball uh, type of quarterback, it's it's pretty good. I mean, he, Bill Belichick could have done that with Cam Newton, but he didn't, so what happened well, to that? Well, well, talking about, talking about, talking about, um, Lamar Jackson well, and Cam I mean, Newton yes, are okay, exactly. Woof, and two, yes. let's, let's, I want to give Bill a little bit of a pass here, a little bit. This is the year he's going to really be judged. Yeah. You had some opt-outs. I mean, Matt, I know it wasn't many. You had a couple of key guys between, you know, Hightower, Chung. I think they um, had a couple well, of injuries. Well, Chung's not even coming back. So. Yeah. But I think they had a couple of injuries. Plus, Cam missed time with COVID. I think the, I actually think Cam looked good before he had COVID and kind of got banged up a little bit. He looked good early on in the year. I think COVID kind of messed them up. The Patriots were kind of trending upward when they were using his kind of rushing style attack and – Running, playing defense. So, well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't fall on Bill. I know that. Not completely. I, I think the dearth of talent for him, for me, that he went seven and nine with, I thought it was honestly a testament. I think the Patriots, honestly, considering what they lost, uh, pre- yeah. people they lost the previous year, and on top of, uh, you know, injuries and, you know, COVID and whatnot, to me, it wasn't, it was easily. I think not easy. Yeah. It was it was up there with like with your Jets, man. It was right there. They were as least talented as the Jets. And the Jets, <laughs> sorry, bro, you weren't talented for you know what. No shit, I know that. All right, G. <laughs> uh, I put Matt Lafour at number five. Um, oh, God, I, you love him more than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, he, hey, two back to back, thirteen and three seasons with the Packers. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, hopefully, he still does well. Uh, Pete Carroll at number six for me. Uh, he's just done it in and out consistently uh, with the Seahawks. Great defense. Still uh, doing well with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Uh, Sean Payton, the next person, uh, still has that uh, influence on offensive side. Still can do it with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, uh, with um, Taysom Hill. I mean, whoever it is, he, he can still do it. Uh, and then the, the bottom three, yeah, I'll put Shanahan up there, McVay and Tomlin. They're just kind of through in the mix right there, but I, I don't know. I just sometimes I just don't see like Bill Bell. I think I think Bill. What's up? 
Tomlin and Shanahan that low? Matt, man, we got to talk to this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn, right? I mean, I can make good cases. We can go on here we could. for three hours, but. We could, we could, but, man. We can't. Hey, LaFleur? Uh, I like LaFleur. He's my coach better than Shanahan and Tomlin? Bro, that's true. Come that's on, true. I, got, right, I only got a quick, a quick glance at this list, so I'm just throwing yeah. all. No, you're there, good. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the top 10 coaches, yeah, I think Mc, uh, uh, McVeigh, yeah, he's fallen off a bit, but he does play in the tough, tough division. I think high hopes for there with Matt Stafford. Trust me, it's they're going to take off. Um, and uh, Shanahan, yeah, he definitely should be in the top ten. Uh, I mean, I know that he had that down season last season, but I think Matt still Stafford's they were playing very respect. well. They were still playing very well, even though they were uh, not winning. I've watched Matt Stafford uh, for years, man. I think he's going to get some respect this year. Um. Real quick before uh, we get off, let me, I want to recap the Euros, guys. Um, we've been talking for a while. Didn't think we'd go on this long, but that's what happens when you have a good debate. Um, watch these games. The quarterfinals were amazing. Semifinals today was amazing. I mean, we had the quarterfinals. You had Switzerland, Spain going in penalty kicks. You had Switzerland going to one nothing in penalties and then missing three straight to lose to Spain. Spain advanced. Italy beat Belgium 2-1. They had a 2-0 lead, kind of held on a little comfortably. Uh, Denmark, great story. Ericsson going down the first game. They rallied. They're in the final four. Um, England dismantling Ukraine 4-0. They look great. And then today you had Italy and Spain going to penalties again with Italy going through. My dark horse team, after I thought France was going to win it. I'm going to ride with them to the end. Tomorrow, England and Denmark. Don't miss it. I mean, you got action left and right penalties and late scores and all this i mean it's been and red cards galore <laughs> it's gonna be amazing watch the games and shout out to argentina and messi i'm hoping he gets his first copa de america title they play nine o'clock they're actually probably about to start as we speak um brazil beat peru today one nothing to get to the finals i'm hoping it's going to be an argentina brazil final because that's going to be an amazing game Hopefully, Argentina pulls it off. You want to see great players win, and I'm hoping Messi wins an international cup. But watch these games, guys. They're amazing. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, let's go Italy. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's going to about do it for the podcast. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Uh, everyone who's listening, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. I'll leave the links in uh, the description uh, for the uploads. Uh, we are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, um, and uh, a, a couple other ones. But uh, Anchor. It's been a, Anchor, yes, Anchor, of course. Our platform that we use. Uh, but, yeah, uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. Hope you guys have a great night. You too, boys. You too. Always a pleasure, guys. Great talk. Take care, guys. Yep. Take care. <laughs>